TKM Incorporated in Moss, Tennessee is a construction company that specializes in erosion control, seeding, and soil, hydro seeding, hydro mulch, minor excavation, and silt fence. They also provide traffic control and construction signs. Their business is keeping people safe, but their passion, their mission, is they wish that all men could be saved. TKM has adopted the nickname, The King's Men, because as they serve you, they also serve the King. If they could provide any of their services for you, please contact them at 931-243-3958. That is 931-243-3958. Or you can contact them on the net at tkminc2001 at twlakes.net. That is tkminc2001 at twlakes.net. TKM Incorporated is a sponsor of Keeping Up With Jones, the Lonnie Jones podcast adventure. SJL General Contractor specializes in asphalt, demolition, concrete finishing, and heavy hauling. This family owned business is licensed in Alabama and Tennessee. You can contact them for any of your construction needs, 931-433-4660. That is 931-433-4660 or three W's and a dot sjnl.com, www.sjnl.com. SJNL General Contractor is a sponsor of Keeping Up With Jones, the Lonnie Jones Podcast Adventure. I don't drink. It's never been a temptation. It's not something I've ever been lured to. Uh, some of that is is my family's strong reaction to, to drinking. Uh, I think some of my mom's family drank and, and produced some trauma for her. Uh, my dad had an uncle and I think a grandfather that drank. And, and I think my dad's grandfather might have been an alcoholic and, and killed himself. Uh, so we just grew up with this taboo about drinking. When I was about 15 or 16, uh, I came out of my house on Williamson Street in Oxford, Alabama. And, and in a rare occasion, it was spitting snow and there's going to be freezing rain. And I don't know, I think I was going out for a run or, or maybe to take my car somewhere. And I looked down the street and, and our neighbor, and I don't remember his name, but he was a very large gentleman, a tall fella. And, and he came staggering down the street. And he was staggering, and it was so obvious that something was wrong with him. And I watched him fall in the middle of the street. And I ran down to him on the on the slick pavement, and he got a gash in his head, and it was spitting snow. And I remember thinking, if you leave him out here, he will freeze to death tonight. And And as a boy, I struggled to get this gentleman on my shoulders. And he was tall. He was well over six foot tall. In high school, I was five foot even. <laughs> I grew four inches in college to the towering height that I am at five foot four. But I remember putting this grown man on my shoulders and struggling on the icy street and through his yard. And he was so tall that his hands and his feet drugged the ground, even though he was on my shoulders. And, and I climbed up on his back stoop and opened the door and, and laid him in his kitchen so he would not freeze to death. And that eliminated any thoughts I ever had about wanting to be a person who drank or a, a person who got drunk. Now, the Bible clearly condemns drunkenness, 
and it's kind of uh, other people have open interpretations on whether or not you know a Christian can drink socially or whatever. I don't, and I never have. Uh, the one way to guarantee that you never get drunk is just not to drink. The strongest thing I've ever had to drink, uh, my mom used to make this thing. She'd take a, a glass of milk, she'd put sugar in it, uh, she'd cut up a banana, and then she'd put a little bit of uh, vanilla extract in it. My mom probably didn't know that vanilla extract is about 60% alcohol, so I was drinking these banana smoothies that she invented when I was a little kid. Or, or maybe, uh, you know, you drink a, a cup of NyQuil. That's uh, pretty much, you know, an alcoholic drink when you've got the cold or got a cough. And, and then... The strongest thing I've ever had to drink is what Granny Wallace called cough medicine. And I was over there at her house while I was dating Jackie, and I had to preach, you know, the, on Sunday morning. It was probably Friday night. And Granny said, I've got something for that cough. If an old Arkansas farm lady reaches into the dark recesses of her cupboard, and she pulls out a pint jar with dark liquid in it, and as she untwists that mason jar lid, it hisses. Be very careful of this liquid substance. You should take it in a tablespoon. I took it in a NyQuil cup, of like a shot glass. And if you do that, you will wake up one day later. You will not have a cough, and you'll have hair in places other people do not have places. But as I said, those are probably the strongest things I've ever had to drink. Now, a lot of my friends drink, and, and, and a lot of people that I know drink, and that's not a deal breaker for me as far as friendship goes. Uh, and Jackie's family, uh, Jackie's mom's maiden name was Mead, and and so the Meads of St. John, Kansas, and uh, we would go out there, you know, when we first got married, sometimes at Christmas, sometimes at uh, New Year's, sometimes during the Memorial Day weekend, and, and we were out there. Uh, one time, and, and I'd taken some of my rope gear. I don't know why I took rope gear to Kansas. There's nothing to climb in Kansas. Uh, well, there's a, a, I did climb Velda's chimney. Now, that's, that's not a rock formation. That is actually Aunt Velda's chimney. Uh, it was a free solo. I'd call it about a 5'7". It's a two-story climb. And I climbed it, you know, in my blue jeans and a pair of climbing shoes. And there's photographic evidence of me climbing Velda's chimney. But while we were out there, the, the little town of St. John, Kansas, has this charming little thing known as the bell. And I don't remember now if it's actually a bell or if it's just some kind of a siren. But at noon and around 5 or 6 o'clock, this thing would go off. So we're out here, you know, enjoying family fun and, and sitting in the yard and playing games and people sitting around, you know, grilling out. And then this disruptive horrendous noise would, would erupt. I grew up in Oxford, Alabama, and, and one of the local churches had, had a bell tower. And in their belfry, they had these mechanical bells. And on Sunday mornings, they would play these beautiful renditions of the tunes of some of the things I recognized from the hymnal at church. And these beautiful bells would echo. Well, in St. John's, Kansas, this, this bell disrupted everything. So I began to talk about taking a mission getting you know my stuff together and under the cover of darkness climbing the bell and disarming it i wanted to climb the bell tower and, and disconnect it now it's not like i haven't climbed things before and and still climb things maybe that i shouldn't i i climbed some things in high school we climbed a ranger tower we we climbed a, a water tower and rappelled off of it um I repelled in and out of my dorm room at, at Harding. I repelled in the Benson. I repelled in the admin building. 
Uh, we've repelled in some rock quarries. Uh, I've repelled off the, the medical tower. I've repelled off Central's Bank building. Uh, there's a rumor that uh, somebody climbed and and repelled in a building that was under construction in Henderson, Tennessee, the big new addition uh, to the Henderson Church of Christ. There might even be a picture of that. There's even a, an urban legend that uh, the new uh, fire tower that's being constructed by Huntsville Fire Department, that it's already been repelled on by somebody that's not in the fire department. But again, that's just a rumor. So I've been talking about climbing the bell tower and disarming the bell. And, and Jackie's uncle Darwin, who is one of my favorite of her uncles, gets the idea that this is actually going to be a mission. This is actually going to take place. And, and as uncle Darwin begins to celebrate the holiday season, the more he celebrates, the more convinced he is that we are going to climb the tower under the cover of darkness at midnight on New Year's Eve and unplug the bell. And so every time uncle Darwin goes by me, he looks at me and goes, dun, dun. Dun, 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 which is the Mission Impossible theme uh, back in the days when Jim Phelps was not a communist and Tom Cruise hadn't even been born. But as the night wears on, I keep hearing the Mission Impossible theme, and I never see Mission Impossible, and I never hear the theme that I don't think about Uncle Darwin and, and, and our mission to go unplug the bell tower in St. John, Kansas. We didn't actually do it. It was just a brag. It was just something I was boasting about doing, but, but Uncle Darwin thought we were going to be serious about it. Well, fast forward from those days, and Jackie and I are taking a little vacation. We're taking a cross-country trip, and we're going to go out to Colorado. And we end up passing through McPherson, Kansas, and uh, we're, we're staying with Uncle Darwin. And so we stay at Uncle Darwin's house, and Uncle Darwin actually owns a liquor store, or he did at that time. And uh, it was one of the largest liquor stores in Kansas. And, and so we stayed the night with Uncle Darwin, visited with him and Pat and the boys and just uh, Jason and Justin, and we just had a good time and uh, visited with him. So the next morning, we're getting up early to leave, and everybody, I think, has gone to work. And so we're leaving thank you notes. Well, I grab just this little piece of, of eight and a half by 11 typing paper, and I draw this character. I draw this little can, and he's got a nose and a big grin, and he's wearing a pair of sunglasses, and he's he's got feet, and he's holding up his thumbs and a thumbs up. And I say, hey, thanks, Uncle Darwin, for letting us stay at your house. And I signed it right below the bottom of the foot, Lonzo, and I put my copyright signature on it. So it's, you know, it's undeniable this is my artwork. Everything, you know, back in those days, you did the Lonzo and then the the C and then whatever the, the date was. And so he's, he got this drawing. Imagine my surprise. No, imagine my chagrin. Nay, imagine my horror. When several weeks later, we get a package in the mail and I open it up and there is this little guy that I've drawn. And, and he's in four colors and he's on a t-shirt and it says Mead's Retail Liquor. And the note says, hey, I ordered 400 of these shirts and I've got two or three billboards with this guy on it. I'm a full-time employed by the church, quote unquote, ordained minister. And I am now the graphic artist for the largest liquor store <laughs> in Kansas. Oh, my aching back. Can you imagine? I've still got the shirt. Now, I've never worn it. But, you know, the fact that Uncle Darwin thought it was a cool design and used it for his business, he called him the smart guy and had him printed on shirts and billboards and, and flyers. And I've still got the shirt. I don't wear it. 
but I became the advertiser for the largest liquor store in Kansas. On another occasion, I got an artwork shock. Uh, we had gone into Gunnersville, Alabama to play the Gunnersville Wildcats in volleyball. My daughter played for Madison County High School. And so we walked up to the gym. And as we were standing there, there's that little girl who's like the money changer in the temple. And you can't get in to see your own child play volleyball unless you give up the, the taxes. And so they tell me it's going to cost me $2 to watch my own daughter play volleyball. Now, it's not enough that, you know, I bought her uniform, I bought her clothes, I bought her knee pads, I sold ads, I worked the concession stand, I call lines in the gym. I've driven her down here and some of the other players in our car. I've still got to pay $2 to watch my daughter play volleyball. So we, we pay the fee. I go inside and I'm sitting around and I start noticing Gunnersville t-shirts. And instead of having wildcats on them, they just have cats. In the middle of the A, where the, the little spot's supposed to be out at the top of the A, is a round volleyball. In the open spot below the A, where the two legs are supposed to be, is the silhouette of a girl setting a volleyball. And I keep looking at these shirts, and I go, I think that looks familiar. I think I recognize the silhouette of that girl. I think I recognize that artwork. I think that's Shauna Brown on that T-shirt. Shauna Brown was a student in, in our youth group, and, and she had a very successful volleyball career, both as a player, a college player, and, and as a coach. And so I go back out to the concession stand where, where the little girl who, who stole my money was at, and I said, ma'am, I'm going to need my $2 back. And she said, what do you mean you're going to need your $2 back? I said, well, uh, you charged me $2 for being in here, and uh, you're, you're guilty of copyright infringement. She said, I'm sorry, what are you talking about? I said, every t-shirt you've sold with cats on it has my artwork on it, and you don't have my permission to use it. So I either need my $2 back or all the t-shirts in this gym to be in my possession because you violated this copyright. Well, now she's turning ashen white, and I go, look, I'm just kidding. Uh, I, I recognize my artwork on your t-shirts. I'm interesting how that got there. Well, she begins to talk around, and one of the other girls says, you know, hey, my sister played volleyball for Rocket City Volleyball Club, and that particular design was on one of their shirts and we just copied that design and used it for the a in cats i said well i drew that and the girl in the middle of the design is named shauna brown and that's that's my artwork and and uh, I'm, I'm glad you guys are using it this was a fun conversation to have i'm not mad i'm not upset I, I, i'm i'm not you know actually serious about copyright infringement but it's really interesting to see your artwork show up in a place that you didn't expect it to be both in the liquor store in kansas and now at gunnersville high school on their cats t-shirt if you design something and someone misuses it if you design something and it shows up in places that it's not meant to be, or it's even used for purposes that it wasn't designed for, when the creator designs something and it's misused, or he, the creator, is misrepresented, the creator might have a problem with it. The creator might be upset or at the least be hurt or disappointed. You see, that's called a copyright, and, and, and in the most simple terms you can use, it is whether or not you have the right to use the copy this way, or you have the right to copy it. We are copyrighted. We are made with an intentional design. 
God is quoted in the book of Genesis as saying, let us make man in our own image. We are made in a specific image, a reflection, if you will, of God and the Spirit and the Son. We are made for a specific purpose. Solomon says, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter to fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole of man. The Apostle Paul would say we are to glorify God in our bodies. There's a copyright on life, how it should be lived and how it should be used. There's a copyright on the sanctity of life. And when it begins, and who has the authority to end it? There's a copyright on the concept of marriage. There's a copyright on marriage itself. God designed it and has parameters for who it belongs to. There's a, a copyright on, on sexuality and, and, and the parameters under which our sexuality is to be defined or to be used. The Creator owns the copyright. And the Creator gets to tell the copy what is wrong or what is right. The, the 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 clay lump doesn't look at the potter and say, hey, why did you made me this way? The thing that is made does not get to debate the purpose for which it was made. And as the thing designed, it should be our goal not to misuse and not to misrepresent, but rather to fulfill the purpose and the intent of our design as well as the purpose and the intent of our designer. Using the tool of shortwave radio, World Christian Broadcasting literally covers the world every day with the gospel. They use two large curtain antennas. One is located in Anchor Point, Alaska, and the other in Madagascar. They send out messages that are recorded at their international home in Franklin, Tennessee. They make available 40 hours of broadcast every day. The broadcasts are made in English, Chinese, Russian, Spanish, Portuguese, Korean, English for Africa, and Arabic. They would love for your group to visit them. You can bring your ladies group, your youth group, or your men's group. Just give them a call at 615-371-8707, 615-371-8707, or you can go to three W's and a dot, worldchristian.org, find the Donate Here button, and make a financial contribution to support this work that literally covers the world every day with the gospel. World Christian Broadcasting, in cooperation with Keeping Up With Jones, the Lonnie Jones Podcast Adventure. Keeping Up With Jones, the Lonnie Jones Podcast Adventure is sponsored by us, what? We sponsor ourselves? Is that even legal? Check us out on Amazon. You can have access to the titles of Pedagogue, the Youth Ministry Book by Lonnie Jones, Cognitive Spiritual Development, a Christ-centered approach to spiritual self-esteem, Grappling with Life, Controlling Your Inside Space, a small essay using the principles of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu to talk about psychological and emotional self-defense, If I Were a Mouse, a children's book written and illustrated by Lonnie Jones. And then The Selfish Reel, a very short story about a decision. 
Also, you can check out our YouTube channel to see archived lessons and presentations from across the country, some videos with uh, rope tricks and knots. Don't forget to visit the uh, Facebook page, 550 Guys, to learn about the little rope men that we make and in, that we invented and that we make. And then be sure to click like, subscribe, and share. This is Keeping Up with Jones, the Lonnie Jones Podcast Adventure. Thank you.